Welcome to Tribes Podcast. Thank you for making this message a part of your week. If you're ever in Jackson Hole, we would love for you to visit our tribe family. We meet on Sundays at 5.30 at the Snow King Conference Center. And if you'd like to know more about us, you can find us online or on Facebook by searching tribejh.com. This week is week five of a series that we have been doing on the Holy Spirit, the power to overcome. And when we began this series, long before we even began this series, while we were planning out this series in our TLT, our leadership team, we were talking about what are some of the things that we would want to cover? What are some of the things that we would want to touch on? What are some of the things that we would want to uh, maybe correct that, that people have misunderstood or just never heard of? And there was so much wonderful discussion leading up to this series from our, our TLT. And over the course of, of sharing these messages with you, what I've tried to convey is a sense of bringing people together from their broad denominational experiences, their broad personal experiences, uh, where they come from, like where they fit, let's just be honest, where they fit on that scale of, of comfortability with the person and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, trying to bring, trying to synthesize all of these different things so that we can agree on the most essential truths of who the Holy Spirit is, how he operates, and to try to impart to each and every one of you that a relationship with the Holy Spirit is grants a person access to, I won't say better, and I won't say deeper, but I will say a new dimension to a relationship with the Lord unlike any that you've ever encountered in a similar way that we've talked about this. In the book of John, remember when the woman comes to anoint Jesus's feet, the Bible says that she breaks open the alabaster jar. The perfume and the scent was in the jar all along, but it wasn't until the jar was broken open, the Bible says that the fragrance filled the house. And when a person, we talked about this, cultivates a relationship with the Holy Spirit, the fragrance of who the Holy Spirit is begins to fill and permeate a person's life until they just get so full of him that it begins to leak out into a lost and dying and broken and hurting world, a world that is desperate for answers, a world that is hungry for truth, a world that is in search of a transcendent experience that will provide more than just skiing, mountain biking, fly fishing, and adding on an addition to your house. Over the course of this series, uh, we invited y'all to submit questions. And Amanda said, I'm referencing you a lot tonight. I guess you're, you're that person. Matt's just glad it's not him tonight. I might, I might. Okay, okay. Uh, Amanda said tonight, uh, Pastor Brian's going to answer all of your questions. When she said that, I thought, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to tackle uh, as many questions as I can tonight that you sent to us. There may be questions that are still in your heart, and you know how to get a hold of me, right? We're family here. Just come find me. Take me out for coffee. Invite us over for dinner. Uh, and I'll be happy to, just feed me. I'll be happy to <laughs> dig into God's word all night long. Josh and Leah Gibson know that. So what I want to do tonight is I want to, to tackle uh, the questions that were submitted. And so if you're ready, say I'm ready. ready. And you are. Uh, I have the questions uh, up here. And so I want to throw the first question up on uh, the screen here. The first question says this. It's a fantastic question. Can you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and not receive a prayer language? It seems like you can't have one without the other. Can you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and not receive a prayer language? So the answer to that question is no. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. The answer is no. And listen, when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you get him. You get the Holy Spirit. And with him 
comes all of his gifts, all of his enabling abilities. It would be like saying, I'd like to have a relationship with Lissa, but I don't want the singing. You know, the singing is a part, the singing is a part of, of, of who she is. It's a part of her personality. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, I, oh, I would, I really, I, my heart, I gotta slow down here because like there's so many things going on. My heart is for you to come to this place of understanding where you realize that when we talk about the Holy Spirit or when we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I don't want your brain to automatically go to the gifts. That's where your brain always goes. When we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit from now until Jesus comes back, when we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, here's what I want you to think of. I want you to think of a person. I want you to think of relationship. So here's what I did. I rephrased the question. And when I rephrased the question, it's not on the screen, but I'm going to rephrase the question. You can see how it was submitted. But I want to rephrase this question, and it might help clear some of the fog. Rephrase the question to this. Can you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and not speak in tongues? Yes. Absolutely. Look how it was written. Can you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and not receive a prayer language? No, because the Bible says that the, that speaking in tongues is one of the gifts of the Spirit. When you, receive, when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you get the Holy Spirit, and that's just part of him. You get all of the Holy Spirit when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And like we've talked about in weeks past, as you cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now, if the question is, can you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and not speak in tongues? The answer to that question is, yeah, sure. Yeah. Now, wanna, <laughs> can you write that down in your notes? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I, I, let, me, let, me just, let me just do a, a quick demonstration. Uh, um, okay, I need a volunteer. All right, come on. Uh, remind me of your name because I've known you since you were like a baby. I know, I'm Rena's daughter. Yes. I'm Nicole. Nicole. It's Nicole. All right, come on up here, Nicole. Okay, Nicole, how's it going? Hi, this is my first time here. And look at you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to put you to work. Uh, we got a little demo to do. All right, when I'm in here... One arm in there, all right? Now, I want you to grab that strap over there, buckle these up. There you go, just like that. Perfect, stand right there. Okay, now. Are we good? Yeah, okay. it's great, yeah, it's great, it's great, perfect. Now, when a person, we've talked about this, when a person receives the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they receive the Holy Spirit. And I talked about, the visual aid that I gave was like, these nail bags, okay? When you get the Holy Spirit, you get the nail bags that includes all of who he is. So watch this. You put the nail bags on and look what she's intuitively, instinctively doing. As the nail bags go on, there's a natural curiosity. Hmm, what's in this pouch? What's in that pouch? Like, what, what, do I, what do I have here? That is what it's like to cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You could, you could have a relationship with the Holy Spirit and maybe you would use the pencil and the tape measure a lot, but then one day there's a need for, and you never had any idea that on the other side here, there is a chisel. Now, does that mean that when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you get the pencil and the tape measure, but not the speed square, not the Sharpie, and not the chisel? I want you to get this in your brain. When you, <laughs> when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you get him. And these are his different expressions and gifts and tools that he chooses to reveal to us and to operate through us. So does that mean that you have to use all of the tools all at once? No. But are they available to you? 
Yes. Why? Because all of the Holy Spirit is available to you. Does that make sense to anybody? Okay. Let me rephrase the question so that hopefully it will release some sort of maybe funky expectation or that, that maybe you've put on yourself or you feel like others have put on you. When you read the question as it currently is, the answer is no, because you get all of the Holy Spirit. But if the question is rephrased, can you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and not speak in tongues? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I keep saying it that way. Yeah, sure. All right. I got to move on to the next question. Nicole, so great to see you. Thank you. I might have to build another house, so I'll keep those. Great. You can just sit them right there. Thank you. Okay, here's the next question. <clears throat> I think it, yep, here we go. What I've heard is that we hear the Holy Spirit's still small voice in our spirit, but I frequently hear answers to my situations and to my questions in my head. One of our intercessors, and if you're not, if you're not too super familiar with churchy words, that's one of the people that, that come early. They do all the heavy lifting in prayer, the real work of the ministry. This is just the, the easy stuff. The, the hard stuff is what the intercessors do. They intercede. They stand in the gap, and they're, pray, they're praying for you. They pray over each one of these chairs. They pray for you by name. They pray for you as situations come up. One of our intercessors has said, if you're asking for the Holy Spirit's answer, then why would you think anyone else is answering? I, I kind of like, like what they said there. If you're asking a, whole, a, a question, and it seems like you're getting an answer, well, it's probably because you asked the Holy Spirit a question. You asked the Lord for an answer to your prayer. Uh, what is the next slide? So here's, here's the question. My question is, if I'm supposed to hear a still small voice in my spirit, why does it seem like I'm hearing answers to my questions or situations in my head? So to, to answer that question, I got to tell you a story about when Kai was little. When Kai was little, we lived in Alpine. So I worked up in Jackson and we'd have to commute through the canyon down, down to Alpine. And while they were little, uh, we would put on like a little DVD and they had their headphones and they would put their headphones on and they would listen to DVDs, watch movies. And <laughs> where's Kai? Oh, he's in here. So it's okay, buddy. We know that you've grown out of it. We're not going to hold this against you. Sayla, do you remember this? We'd have these big headphones and he would listen with his headphones and he would listen and listen. And as he was listening, his headphones would slowly... <laughs> come to his mouth because, you know, like when you're like a baby, everything has to go in your mouth. And so they would either like fall off or, or he would, he, and he would, the headphones would come off of his ears. And whenever the headphones would come off his ears, Kai from the back seat would say, I can't see. <laughs> and we'd look and he'd be like looking right at the movie, but his headphones had fallen off and he'd say, I can't see. And it took, I don't know how many trips through the canyon before we said, dude, you can see the movie, but you can't hear the movie. And he would shake his head like this and the headphones would fall off and he'd go, I can't see. In a similar way, as you cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit, you will be better able to distinguish between your head and your heart. If you ask the Holy Spirit a question, he's going to reply to your spirit. Your spirit then forwards the answer to your head. And that might be the first place you become conscious of the answer. If you're with me, say, hmm. So you're, you're praying to the Lord, you have a relationship. We cannot have a physical relationship with Jesus. This does not happen with Jesus for us right now. This, this is a physical relationship. I got him right here, right? Okay, you can't have that with Jesus. Why? He's in heaven. The Bible says, I've gone to prepare a place for you. When it's ready, I will take you to come and be with me. Until then, we have the Holy Spirit. Does the, whole, does the Holy Spirit have that? No, because he's a spirit. Those who worship him must worship him in spirit 
and in truth. And so when I have a relationship, when I have communion with God, with the Holy Spirit, my spirit may have a question or a situation. And I pray to the Lord, Lord, here's what's going on. So you send out the, send out the email, okay? The Holy Spirit, the Bible says that he knows our thoughts even before we think it. He knows all of our prayer requests. The Bible says that he promised us to supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. So he knows before we even think it. But he loves for us to ask. He loves the relationship. The answer comes back from his spirit. Where does it go? It doesn't come to our body. Otherwise, it'd be like, oh, well, there's my answer, right? It doesn't come here because this hasn't been born again. According to Romans 12 too, it says, don't be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world, but instead be what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. This has to be renewed and brought into submission to who's really in charge, our spirit. So we, we send up a prayer that's spiritual. The answer comes back spiritual, But then our spirit communicates it to our brain. It forwards the email to our brain. And for some people, that might be the first time that you're aware that you've gotten an answer. So in your immaturity, you think, my can't see my, the answers are coming to my head. The truth is the answers are actually coming to your spirit. You're just let, your spirit is letting your brain know. As you cultivate intimacy with the Holy Spirit, as you cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit, two things will happen. A, you will be able to distinguish between, hey, that's my soul speaking. That's my spirit speaking. And you'll be able to know the source. So when I receive what could be an answer, what I think is an answer, I can evaluate it. You can trust everything that comes to your spirit if you've been born again because that's what God has access to and you can trust the Lord, right? Yes, yes, yes. Last example and then we'll go to the next question. It's like getting brain freeze. How many of you have ever gotten brain freeze? Okay, that's all of us. If you haven't gotten brain freeze, uh, I don't know what's wrong with you. Like, I feel like that's common to like the entire human experience. Maybe you're a cyborg, you should do a check. It's like getting brain freeze. Is the ice cream really physically hurting your brain? No. If you have ice cream on your brain, there's some other things to worry about. (laughs) But it feels like the cold is just, ah, I got this, you know, you get the ice cream headache. It just happens to be that the first place you become aware of that cold, overwhelming cold sensation is in your brain. Are y'all following what I'm saying? All right, moving on. Uh, There's a great book if you want to know more about this. It's called Journey Towards the Spiritual. It's by Watchman. He take a picture of that book, write the title down. Uh, It will take you down. I've been going through this book now for maybe about 10 years, and I've got the abbreviated kind of digest version and I just go through these lessons and then I cycle back through or I'll flip through. It is an amazing, it's a very robust book. And I agree with 99% of the theology in that book. Again, eat the meat. Mm, y'all should know better than that. Eat the meat, spit out the bones. Eat the meat. All right, I like it. How about this next question? Sometimes, I love this question. Sometimes I get confused. Who am I supposed to pray to? God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, or all three? I mean, somebody had to have a lot of courage to to ask that question, and it is a beautiful question. So here's my answer. The quick answer is, pick up the phone, dial heaven, whoever answers, go for it. (laughs) Now, a little bit more of an expanded answer The Bible tells us that Jesus is the head of the church. According to Colossians chapter one, verse 18, Jesus is the head of the church. As I encounter situations that need, that I've got questions about when it comes to this church, it would make sense that I would pray to Jesus. Jesus, what are we going to do with our budget? Jesus, what are we going to do with the second service? Jesus, what are we going to do about youth ministry this fall? Like, 
this is your church, Jesus. You're the head of the church. You're my boss. So you tell me what, what do you want to see? Uh, according to John chapter 16, verse 13, Jesus says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he was heard and he will tell you about the future. When I have, and he is speaking about the person of the Holy Spirit. When I have questions about, you know, a fork in the road, should we, should we go with plan A? Should we go with plan B? Lord, what's gonna unfold? How should I proceed in this future thing? I pray the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, lead me, guide me, direct me. When I have a question about like, do I land on this side or do I land? I need truth in this area. I pray to the Holy Spirit because Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would guide us into all truth. And then when I need some good old fashioned encouragement and I'm just down in the dumps and I'm having a lousy day and I need some encouragement, I'm gonna pray to my dad. Daddy, I'm having a lousy day. I'm ready to throw in the towel on all this. Dad, I need some encouragement. And he directs me to Psalms 139. You need some, you need some encouragement? Read Psalms 139. Oh, it's so good. Next question. Uh, I'll read this question. It, the question itself was a little bit long to put in a slide. When I get down to like the actual meat of what the question is, that will... Uh, that, that's the meat of the question, but there's a little bit of context uh, for this question that's worth reading. During week three of the teaching, you mentioned three sets of gifts referenced in scripture, the motivational gifts, the manifestation gifts, and the ministry gifts. Can you clarify for us what you mean when you said that God gives everyone the gifts of the spirit? It seems like you were saying all of his children get all of the gifts, when you took us to the third set of gifts, please help me to understand what you meant. Does everyone get the gift of apostleship, prophecy, evangelism, pastoring, and teaching? That's, that's a really great and, and valid question. So does everyone get all of them? Yes, because again, you get all of him. But within the context of a church gathering, as you see in 1 Corinthians, let me just show you. Everybody turn to 1 Corinthians. I won't go, I won't go long on, on this question, but it's worth showing you. And it might help if you could even uh, visually see this. And if you are waiting for that page to load uh, on your phone, you're going to lose some of the impact. When, what? Uh, 1 Corinthians, how about chapter 10? I know you're a McDonald. Eden, were we there for her birth? No. Liberty. Liberty. For liberty. Okay, Eden, how's it going? Hi. She's not coming back. Eden. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. You do know that when, when Paul wrote this, he didn't say, verse one. I don't want, and then at the period, and then he wrote a two, and then started the second verse, right? He just wrote this letter, right? It was later that it was codified and put into chapter and verse. So I want you to, to look at this, and if, you, if you're reading your Bible off your phone, look up here for just a second. It won't do you any good if your eyes were like mine back there, but in chapter 10, it says the heading, lessons from Israel's idolatry. So that's one topic that he is addressing with the nation of Israel. Think about an outline. This is, uh, we're in chapter 10. Let's say this is Roman numeral four. Big idea that he wants to cover. He covers that big idea up until chapter 11. Chapter 11, he starts a new Roman numeral chapter, uh, a new Roman numeral five, and the heading of that part is instructions for public worship. And I encouraged you to, to do this. Count how many times Paul says in chapter 11, when you meet, I've got them highlighted here. Come borrow my Bible. When you meet together, when you meet as a church, when you meet together, when you gather, when you meet together. Wow. Okay. So even though we've got a subheading here, order at the Lord's Supper, 
the, the Roman numeral is instructions for public worship. When he goes into chapter 12, this is not Roman numeral six. It goes Roman numeral five, instructions for public worship. A, B, C, D. This is just point C or D, spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts fall under the Roman numeral heading of instructions for what kind of worship? Public, when you meet corporately. He gets to chapter 13. Is this a new Roman numeral? No, it says the greatest is love. The greatest what? Go back. He's talking about spiritual gifts. This is not a new Roman numeral in, in Paul's mental outline. Are you following me so far? This is still under, this is still under chapter 11, instructions for public worship. But the greatest of this, we gotta love. We gotta love, y'all. Now, chapter 14, is this a new Roman numeral? no it's still under that same Roman numeral that he started way back here in chapter 11. Now, 14, it then says this in verse 26. Well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize and what are the next words that he says? He ties a bow on it, bringing the plane to a landing by saying, when you meet together. Chapter 14. 14, chapter 13, chapter 12, chapter 11 are all connected, talking about this idea of a corporate expression. When a person receives the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they get all of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to get back to this specifically. Do you get the gift of apostleship, prophecy, evangelism? This question comes from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, and it says, Jesus gave these gifts to the church. And we've talked about those, right? Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastoring, teaching. So if you get all of the Holy Spirit, if you have ever discipled someone and answered a Bible question, then you're flowing in that gift of teaching. Did you enjoy it? Like when they came to you with a question and you're like, well, let's sit down and tackle this together. And you flip through the pages together, like, oh, like something like warms on the inside of you. They get connected with the Lord. Man, there, there's, a, there's teaching going on there. Have you ever called somebody that you haven't seen at church in a while? Like, hey, you know, I was just thinking of it. I haven't seen so-and-so in, in a few weeks. And you just reach out with that text. How is Don Baldwin doing? I know that he travels so much, working the gas, and Gretchen's got to be missing him like crazy. We just got to, I got to send that guy a text. You reach out to your friends. You know what you're doing? You're being a shepherd. You're being a pastor. That's the Holy Spirit that, that, that put that on your heart to, to reach out to them. Does that make you vocationally a pastor? Usually not. But that doesn't mean that you don't have that gift. Well, I better not call him because I just, I, I'm not a pastor. <laughs> have you ever shared your faith with someone? Have you ever witnessed to someone? Have you ever led someone to Jesus? You know what that is? That's the gift of evangelism. That makes you an evangelist. Hate to break it to you. <laughs> now, let's, let's get to the, to, the, to the real meat of this question before we move to the next question. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, these gifts make their appearance. They appear to be people or roles. I like to use the word expressions, not necessarily titles or positions. At Tribe, we will never hire an apostle. At Tribe, we will never hire an evangelist because we want all of you to be evangelists. We want all of you to have a heart for the nations and the propagation of the greatest message to ever hit planet Earth, right? However, how cool would it be if within tribe there was a healthy expression of the apostolic, that there was, there was a, a person, an organization, um, uh, that, that provided oversight for tribe. If I had a pastor, I've actually got a few pastors. Some of the people that pastor me don't even know that, uh, that they're my pastor, right? Because I read their books and I listen to their podcasts, but they're my pastor. 
okay? Um, would you want to be a church? Would you want to be a part of a church that had healthy oversight and, and governance? Would you want to be a part of a church that had the prophetic, the move of God, the power of God moving through it, the prophetic voice that is strong and clear and not weird moving through the, moving through the church, that, that the prophetic where there were dreams and interpretation of dreams and signs and wonders and miracles and healings going on, but wasn't weird, but it was commonplace and it was normal and it was vibrant. Would you want to be a part of a church that had robust evangelism, that every week we had to pull out new chairs because you were bringing your friends to church, you were sharing the coffee with them, you were sharing your faith with them, and then what if, would you want to be a part of a church that had good, healthy leadership? Leaders that, that didn't have an agenda or an ax to grind or weren't out for selfish motivations, but they, they loved and they cared and they created safe space and a safe environment. And then would you want to be a part of a church that had sound biblical doctrine? I don't know about you, but I would go to that church next Sunday if we had all of that, wherever it was. I would just go to that church. Lord has called me to this church so that means we just need to cultivate the fivefold ministry. We're only 22 months old. Give us a little more time. Next question. I'm not sure the text is clear in Acts 2.38 that he is referencing three baptisms or one. Intuitively, the verse seems to refer to one baptism happening simultaneously. Let's go there. Acts. Let's take a look real quick. Acts chapter 2. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. Are any of these uh, questions or answers helpful to anybody? Acts 2, 38. So here's the verse that, that this question is coming from. Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, your children, and even to the Gentiles, all who have been called by the Lord our God. So to answer this, to answer this question, how did I... To answer this question, we see when you look at verse... Uh, 38, you can see all three baptisms in that one verse. Look what, look what he says here. Uh, Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God. That's being baptized into Jesus. That's called getting saved. It's right there. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. That's being baptized in water. That's the second one. Scholars believe that when Peter was preaching, according to what it says, when he, when he stood up and started preaching, he was in the outer courts of the temple. Probably within visual sight were these Jewish ritual baths called mikvahs, where if you wanted to come and worship at the temple, you came in off the streets, you went through the, the, the sacrifice, so you presented a turtle dove or a lamb, and there was blood shed, and that, that sacrifice went onto the altar for the priest. And then the very next step was you went into a mikvah, a bath, where you took a, a ceremonial ritual bath to cleanse you from your sins, for the forgiveness of sins, it says. And then there was one final step before a, a priest could enter into the holy place. And we see it right here in verse 38. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. All three baptisms, just right there. If you wanna see another example of all three baptisms, you can just write this down. We don't have time to turn there, but go look at, uh, at Acts chapter eight. Acts chapter eight. And that is another example that you can look at and, and study on your own. How about next question? Oh, okay, that's why I put this here. Write this down, or take a picture of it. Gateway Church, the pastor of the church is Robert Morris. He's from Texas. He kind of talks with a very stylized southern drawl, but he's a, he's, a great, he's a great man of faith. I trust what he says. And if you trust me, you can trust what he says. Uh, go to Gateway this series, My Best Friend, the Holy Spirit. I told you I even used some of his material in preparation for this series. 
Don't just become entrenched in your position, whatever it is. Listen to what the Lord would have to say to you. Be open to what he might want to communicate to you. Uh, Go to the next slide. He's got six sermons on my best friend, the Holy Spirit. Listen to some of the titles of these messages. Does he speak in tongues? Is he charismatic? Does he baptize? Is he Pentecostal? Is he a person? Who is he? I don't know if those are in order or not. (laughs) I might start with who is he at the beginning. (laughs) Yeah, maybe it goes that way. Uh, But go look at that. Go look, go look at that series. It's, it's fantastic. Okay, let's uh, tackle another question here. Oh, we got Holy Spirit testimonies. Okay, before we get there, before we, before we get there, um, well, there's one last thing that I wanted to say about, about the person of the Holy Spirit to try one more time to, to get this idea in your brain. When a person receives the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you get him, okay? And, and then I'm gonna share some of these testimonies with you. How many of you... Uh, when you were a kid, uh, you'd go out to like, you know, KFC or, you know, your favorite fast food spot, wherever that was. And, you know, you get the bucket of chicken, you know, you get your Chick-fil-A sandwich, whatever. And then they would give you the drink cup and you would take the cup over to the soda fountain. And like, it was like the, I don't know about for you, but for me, it was like, it was like the biggest decision of the whole year. What soda am I going to get? Am I going to go? Uh, so I grew up in Texas. So it was like, am I going to get Dr. Pepper? Am I going to get Big Red? Anybody like Big Red soda in here? Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's gnarly. They're like, I'm not raising my hand, but secretly I love me some Big Red. And then like sometimes you get after the soccer game, you would get the little ticket and you could go up to the set and you could get any drink you want. And like, if you were a cool kid at the soccer game, you would always order a what? Suicide. And that's like a little bit of everything, right? Okay, so how many of you remember the soda fountains that had all the different options? How many of you, okay, we all do. Now, how many of you, yeah, we still have it. I'm going somewhere. Don't turn on me. Back, back. How many of you have ever been to like a restaurant where you get the drink cup and you go to the soda fountain and it's like one thing? And I'm like, kind of like looking around like, I want to see like six different little nozzles for different options. But a lot of soda machines today, they got like one nozzle and this big touch screen thing that I have to have Kai come over here and program for me. I just tell him what I want. And he's like, beep, boop, boop, boop. 12 buttons later, the soda that I want comes out, right? Many people have this mentality that the Holy Spirit is like kind of like an old school soda fountain. When I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the cup is my life, and I put it under there, and it's unmarked. I just put it under there. I look and I go, ooh, healing. I got healing. Another person puts their cup under. Ooh, faith. I got faith. Well, I, got the, I, I, I have faith. You know, I, I don't have these others. In reality, the Holy Spirit is a lot like that, the new soda fountain. There's one nozzle because you get all of him. And just like with the, with the nail bags, Nicole, do you need a tape measure in that moment? The Bible says, eagerly desire the greater gifts. What's the greater gift? The greater gift is the gift that you happen to have the most need for in that moment. Oh, it's just what I needed. Evangelism. Just what I needed, the gift of hospitality or helps or administration, the gift of leadership. When you get the Holy Spirit, it's, it's one nozzle. It's not just one gift. It's one him. And with him comes all of his expressions. Now, here's what you're thinking. Well, I, that can't be true because I've never operated in the gift of healing. Well, how many sick people have you prayed for? Three. All right. Fair enough. Pray for 300 sick people. And when nothing happens, after 300 sick sick after you've prayed for 300 sick, pe- sick people, <laughs> come back and then tell me, and then remember, 
money back guarantee. I really want the gift of prophecy, but I just didn't get that. Well, have you practiced that? Have you cultivated that gift? Have you talked to, have you cultivated a relationship with the Holy Spirit to nurture and grow that gift? Have you read about it? Or do you just kind of sit back waiting for like prophecy to just like, does that make sense? He's not like a, well, I got this and I don't have that. You put your, your couple example and then, oh good, I got the last one. And then I'm gonna share some testimonies. Last, last story. Um, our washing machine went out. It's actually been out for quite some time and Lisa has been begging me to like fix it or get a new one. And uh, I jammed the screwdriver in there and wiggled it around. It didn't work. So I was, you know, I don't know what to do. This stupid thing. So I'm shocked. Man, I got the nail bags. Come on. I mean, I put all my different tools in there and kicked it. Nothing worked. So we went to Sears to, to, to get a new washing machine. $520 for a new washing machine? Uh-uh. No. And they don't even have that center spinning thing that just really twists your clothes in and out. I want something that's full of water. I want to hear it. Cha-chunga, cha-chunga. I want to see the suds. I want to be able to lift the lid at any point in the cycle that I want. Am I the only guy in here that, right? Those stupid high efficiency ones, like the lid locks, you go, kung, kung, kung. you can't, uh-uh, I need to see what's happening. $519 and I can't even watch, wash, watch the clothes being washed. I'm going to, I'm going to Facebook. Corey was there with me and I was like, and Corey just hands me his phone, oh, 150 bucks, washing machine over the hill in Driggs. Message him, boom, I'm on my way that afternoon to go get that clothes washer. On my way over, uh, I, I, I think, oh, I'm gonna listen to a podcast. Just up and over the hill, listen to a podcast. None of my podcasts would load. All right, fine, I'll listen to some Jesus music. None of my music would load on, on Spotify. <sighs> fine, what do you want me to do, pray? It's only Teton Pass, I can do it, I can do it. And so I just prayed. The whole way over Teton Pass. Is that, am I being too honest? It's being real. I can handle prayer from one side to the other. I'm praying in English. I'm praying in my prayer language. Spent most of my time praying in my prayer language. It's a great place. There's nobody going to look at me weird, right? Because I'm just by myself, up and over. I pull into the driveway of uh, where where I'm going to get this uh, clothes washing machine. And it's actually like few doors down from the leapers and it's this run down gnarly kind of like you know like kind of hillbilly looking house lawn overgrown things are in state of disrepair I pull up to the house and out comes this guy um, and uh, I ask him about the washing machine and he's yep it's right in here and then just almost immediately he starts telling me about his life how how uh, that the house that he's renting is being sold uh, and he has to be out within a week and he's got no place to move to. Ha ha, we can't relate to that. Um, he, he tells me how he doesn't have money for first and last month's rent on a new place because he threw his back out. He was a, a stonemason and he threw his back out and, and he can't lift much, he can't work. Now he's not kind of complaining, like shaking his fist at life, like, you know, the world. I mean, he's just down to nothing. His girlfriend broke up with him three weeks ago. If you're single, I'm not saying, I'm not like suggesting him, but I'm saying like, like he had a girlfriend. Like if you're single, you could, you can get a girlfriend. All right. Okay. Cause this guy was down on his luck and he had a girlfriend. Well, I mean, she broke up with him three weeks ago. And then when I was in his house, he had this like really big giant, like bird cage it was a large bird and his bird died like two days ago. I mean, this guy's song sounded like a chart-topping country-western song, you know? His whole life, it's like a bad country-western song. And he's saying all this stuff on me, and I'm like, I kind of just want the clothes washer, and like, I got to get back over the hill. <laughs> and then the, the Holy Spirit is like, you numbskull, I brought you over here for him. 
oh, here's what I didn't think next. I didn't think, well, I don't have the gift of evangelism. Eh, better that wasn't in my soda fountain. I don't have the gift of faith. I don't have the gift of healing. I didn't say any of that. I just was like, what's the need? Reach into that tool bag. Hey, uh, just before I hop in the truck and leave, would it be all right if I prayed for you? And he was like, bang, uh, uh, sure. And then I just shared with him really quickly. I said, I'm a pastor of a church over in, in Jackson. And I feel like God might have sent me over here just to share a word of encouragement with you. I didn't say, well, I don't have the gift of prophecy, so I just can't speak any words of life over him. No, I reach in those nail bags. Hey, Lord, what would you have? Boom, out comes these words of encouragement for him. Words of life over him. That God's got a plan and a destiny for him. That, that God, there's no tear that would fall from his eye that God hasn't seen and writes down in his book of memory and that God cares about him. And God's crazy about Scott. And then I went and prayed for him. I, what I didn't do was say, well, I'm not gonna pray for healing because I just don't have that. No, I'd reach in the nail bags. Well, I'm gonna reach in there. I might not pull out that, that tool. I might not exactly know how to use it. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. So Lord, I just put my hand right on his back. Lord Jesus, heal his back as a testimony of how much you love him and care for him. And when we got done praying, it's not like he was like shot across the yard. I'm gonna be honest, that would have been so cool. Idaho would be on fire right now with, with, with revival. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. I said, in Jesus' name, amen. Tears pouring down this rough old guy's face. He gave me this huge hug. He said, thank you, thank you. Thank you for praying for me. Testimonies. Here's a quote from somebody. Amen. Thank you, friend. Baptism in the Holy Spirit is amazing. My growth and awareness of his presence has changed already. I feel like I've matured more in two weeks than I have in two years. Receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit doesn't make me... Receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. It makes me better than me. How about another one? Praying with Lee was so free. I asked about speaking in tongues because my church didn't provide any exposure to this. So I was naturally curious. Lee's answer, your heavenly language. Oh, that's it? <laughs> You're saying I can just ask for it? I'm all in, so why not? And, and it was a millennial that, that sent me this and they say, if a picture is worth a thousand words, then a meme has got to be worth 10,000 words. And, and this was the next thing that, that they texted me. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. I would love to speak solely to the Lord and keep that dirty devil out of the conversation. There was no burst of light from my head, just the courage it took to say a few words in this new language. But time spent with you, God, is the best. Now here's what he said. <laughs> The Holy Spirit got me like, isn't that great? Um, maybe just, uh, just, just a, is there, an, is there another one? Yeah. Oh, the tears of joy and pleasure that appear. These are, these are uh, testimonies from this, from this time, this series. Oh, the tears of joy and pleasure that appeared in my eyes. I was so thankful. I love this. The gift of the Lord, my lovely Holy Spirit. And I want to read one to you that came late in the game as, as a text message. Is there another one, Christian? Is there another uh, testimony? Another slide or does it just go to the Holy? Okay, let me read this to you and then we're going to land the plane here. Uh, let me find it. Oh, here we go. Okay. Uh, so this was texted to us. During worship, I felt pain on the left side of my chest. It went up to my neck and down my arm a little. At first, I wondered if I was okay. So I kept playing and asked the Lord what was going on. I saw a picture of a heart that had a bunch of cracks in it. I felt peace that I didn't need to be concerned for the pain. 
I was feeling, but the Holy Spirit had something to say to someone through me. I kept asking, what else? And he showed me the heart being repaired in that moment. I had words like whole, obedient, full, healed come to mind. What if that person just thought, well, I don't have the gift of prophecy, so I'm not even going to reach in that part of my tool bags. The pain went away, and a few minutes later, PB, Pastor Brian, asked if someone had a word. And so I shared. The word that I shared was confirmation that somebody had earlier come up and received prayer for that very thing. And when they were done receiving prayer, felt like my the cracks in my heart are being healed. How cool is that? Would you stand to your feet? Let's take just a moment and let's go to the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in thankfulness for who he is. Let's go to the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in gratitude. We can even go to the Lord with our questions. We can go to the Lord with our questions. We can go to the Lord with our reservations, with our hesitations. Let's go to the Lord with joy. Let's go to the Lord with trust in his nature and character because he is a good father and he loves to give good gifts to his children. What an amazing series we've had. And what amazing, incredible things will continue to unfold in your heart as you genuinely and honestly seek to cultivate a relationship.